0: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
1: Damian Lillard to Miami seems like a sure thing, but Portland is acting like they don't want it to be. The Blazers are pulling a page right out of the How to Trade a Superstar book. Also, Victor Wembenyama debuts in the Summer League, and there's a new Women's Basketball League on the horizon. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports You're locked on sports today.
2: Searching all major sports found. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: Damian Lillard to the Miami heat is feeling more and more like Thanos. It is inevitable. Uh, But if you're Portland, they don't want it to be, or at least they're pretending that they don't want it to be maybe just to drive up the price. Wes Goldberg from locked on heat. To negotiate on Miami's behalf for a superstar point guard, Uh, Wes. Let let's start here with this conversation. We talked to Mike yesterday, Mike Richmond from Locked On Blazers, about this posturing that the Blazers are doing. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna put this out on the market. What do you make of that tact? And is it just that attacked?
2: This is the part of the negotiation. It's right out of the superstar trade playbook, right? This is what happens: superstar request trade. Uh, And then the front office of the team that's getting that the superstar is trying to get traded from tries to publicly negotiate. Hey, we're we're looking for something more that this one's not this package isn't worth our while. And we're willing to dig in and be patient and wait for the package that makes sense for us. And that we're not going to just trade X superstar to whatever team that he wants to go to. And then ultimately, that superstar tends to get to the place that he wants to go to. And um, I don't mean that to make fun of the Blazers or Joe Cronin. I think they're doing just what you do. Like this is just, like I said, This these are the steps. This is the playbook. Um, maybe it works. Maybe they get an extra pick out of it. Maybe they get an extra asset of some kind out of it. And if that's what happens, then hey, you did your job. And that's sort of part of it too. So I understand them wanting to be patient here. I understand that the deal isn't what it is that they want right now. And and from you know all the reporting and everything around it, they're working to get other teams involved to maybe make a deal that does uh, meet the kind of standards that they're looking for.
1: Yeah. With the understanding that Miami, their resources are limited. Uh, if we're going to start from the standpoint that Bam Adebayo is not going to be in this trade, and I think we are safely assuming Bam Adebayo yeah. is not going to be in this trade. How comfortable are you or would you be um, if Miami said, look, we'll, we'll basically give up everything
2: we can to, to make this work? Like, here's all the best stuff. You can have it. Look, if they have to go get to that point, they probably would. I don't think they're going to have to get to that point. Mm. I I I just don't know what the deals out there that are that that are going to make the heat have to negotiate, right? In that way. Where right now it just sort of feels like they're negotiating against themselves and maybe even against time if that becomes a factor, if they yeah. want to get this thing done sooner rather than later, but summer league is starting. All these general managers, all of these people in charge of these decisions are going to be in Las Vegas and the Blazers and the Heat are going to meet in Las Vegas and try to hash something out probably. And um, look, I, I think that unless uh, there's reports of maybe Philly or Utah or San Antonio, and it's like, I don't know, just what's the offer? Where are these, where are these offers coming from that's going to have to make Miami drive up their own price? Right now, I think what's happening is trying to find that third team to take on Tyler Hero and send something that the Blazers want, basically not another young guard, which they already have, uh, back in return so that they don't have to keep doing this, you know, paperclip game of, okay, we have a Tyler Hero. Now we have to trade this Tyler Hero for something else. No, the Blazers want this to get done too, right? They want to be able to move into a future that's built around Scoot Henderson, who they took with the number three pick overall. Um, And Tyler Hero obviously just doesn't fit that plan. So I think that's where we're at.
1: So if you were trying, I'm I'm sure on your, on your show, you have been doing this talking about, okay, what are the, what are the deals that make the most sense? What are the deals that, that have this likelihood? If if Brooklyn is truly off the table, that's been the one mentioned the most, Hey, we'll take Tyler hero and we'll send some, we'll send some of whatever's. Is there a package that
2: you think makes sense for all the parties involved here? That's the hard part of the job, man. Like I, (laughs) I have been on the trade machine more than I should probably be on the trade machine. <laughs> Honestly, I have to take myself off of it because there's so many different kinds of machinations where you try to get these other teams involved. And um, it's it's this is the difficult part. But the thing is, the Heat are the best in the league at pulling off these enormous trades. The the trade that got them Jimmy Butler four years ago was a four-team trade that included yeah. sign-in trades. That's very complicated. Pat Riley and, and Andy Ellsberg, who basically runs all the cap stuff for them and is the general manager, they've pulled off literally the biggest trade in NBA history, um, which uh, it was in 2006 going into that season, and it turned out to be a championship year for the Miami Heat, right? They rebuilt around Dwayne Wade and Shaquille O'Neal. They are really good at this. They are good at canvassing the league and figuring out things that other teams want and, and, and just figuring out a way to make four or five teams at the same time relatively happy, and they're good at orchestrating that kind of thing, and that's probably what they're working on right now.
1: Keep up to date with the Miami side of the Damian Lillard saga by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Heat on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports Today your first listen. Coming up, Victor Wembenyama makes his summer league debut. Before we get to that, the Hawks are locking up a key player for the foreseeable future. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet back in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. You bet $20 and you'll land $200 back in bonus bets, win or lose. That's $200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. The Brewers and the Reds play their first of six games sandwiched around the All-Star break. FanDuel likes the home Brewers to snap the Reds' five-game win streak. The Brewers, minus 134 on the money line. You can also combine multiple prop bets in a single game for a bigger payout with FanDuel's same-game parlay. Love that one. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel official partner of Major League Baseball.
2: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: Another Rich Paul client is getting paid. What else is new? It's a, it's a day ending in... Why? DeJounte Murray and the Atlanta Hawks have agreed in principle on a four-year contract extension worth up to $120 million. The contract means Murray will not be a free agent next season. and will have a player option in the 2027-2028 season the 26 year old murray averaged just over 20 points, six assists five rebounds and one and a half steals in 74 games for his first season with the hawks murray spent his first five nba seasons with the san antonio spurs before they traded him to atlanta in part for forward daniel gallinari and three first round picks after emptying the coffers for some superstars the phoenix suns needed some draft picks the Suns acquired three future second-round picks in a trade with the Memphis Grizzlies on Thursday. The Grizz are sending a 2025 second-round pick via the New Orleans Pelicans and their own second-rounders in 2028 and 2029, according to reports. These second-rounders give the Suns some picks to use in future trades or just draft players who are cheap. The Suns sent the Nets four unprotected first-round picks and a 2028 pick swap in the deal for Kevin Durant. Ever heard of him? Before this trade, the Suns had control over zero picks through 2030, first or second round, zero. The Sacramento Kings are finalizing a deal to acquire Indiana Pacers guard Chris Duarte in exchange for two second-round picks. The Pacers will receive a 2028 20, second and the Kings 2030 second. Duarte, taken 13th overall in the 2021 draft, was an all-rookie choice when he averaged 13 points, sixth best among rookies. But Duarte missed time with an ankle injury last season, on his way to averaging just under eight points a game. On the diamond, the Brewers earned a split in their four game series with their rival Cubbies.
3: Hi everybody, Chuck Freeman here on Lockdown Brewers. Well, the Brewers do gain a split in this series with the Cubs, and I feel like the Brewer catchers have been clutch all season long. That's the one spot I can't complain about. It was Caratini today. A solo home run in the bottom of the ninth inning. Snapped the 5-5 tie after Mahias gave up a 5-3 lead in the top half of the eighth inning by giving up a two-run shot. Brewers a little weak in the bullpen. They're a little short on the bullpen right now, I should say, because uh, tiresome. They've had to use a lot of bodies out there, so Mahias had to be in there in the eighth inning. Probably a spot that Craig Council does not want to use him in, but uh, he gives up the two-run home run. Brewers come back, and they hold on and win this game. But how about our guy Piams? Closing it out. Gave up a hit in the ninth inning. Peralta pitched into the sixth inning. Ten strikeouts. High pitch count again. Now the Reds are coming in. Huge three-game series with the Reds beginning Friday night. We'll talk to you a little bit later on previewing the series on Locked on Brewers.
1: And the Orioles scored two touchdowns. Two touchdowns on the Yankees. Duh.
3: Yankees lose. Wow. I mean... Have we had any more fun this season? 14 to one, the Orioles clobber the Yankees. Gunnar Henderson with four for four with two homers before the fifth inning even started. He was ridiculous. Ryan O'Hearn was amazing. The Orioles had 20 hits a season high. And oh yeah, Kyle Bradish threw six shutout innings as well for the O's. One of their most, probably their most complete game of the season. The sky is not falling. The O's split the series with the Yankees. They are right back on track. They're 2-0 in the Colton Cowser era. It's fun to watch the Orioles hit the baseball once again. I will recap it all coming up on Friday's episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast.
2: Here is another story you need to know.
1: After months of waiting, speculating, watching clips on YouTube and, and the random shots on ESPN that we could get, Victor Wimbenyama is going to play in an NBA game almost as much as a summer league game is an NBA game and the expectations couldn't be higher. Thomas and Mac is going to be sold out. It is going to be popping off in Vegas. Jeff Garcia from locked on Spurs who can hardly contain his excitement at all of this is with me now. And and Jeff, look, everyone's going to have sky high expectations about what they're going to see from Victor Wembenyama. Can Mm -hmm. you help us to set reasonable ones?
4: Yeah. I, you know, I think the reasonable Approach to his debut or summer league debut is to take whatever performance he does with a grain of salt. Mm. And that even includes if he just balls out and drops these incredible numbers. And, and that's the situation that Wimby going to be in, not just for tonight, tonight or when, when this episode uh, releases, but that Friday night game in Vegas and the preseason game and game one of the regular season and mm-hmm. game 20 of his, his NBA career. It's going to be under a microscope. When you get slap labels like generational, the next coming, you know, the possible next face of the franchise, that's some big, heavy labels you're slapping on a 19 year old teenager. So, yeah, uh, I think tonight my best approach, the most reasonable thing is if he does great, wonderful, keep it up, Victor. Let me know how you do when the real games get started. <laughs> the other side to it, if he wets the bed, and doesn't show out, same approach. Okay, Victor, you got yourself the taste of it. Let's see what you are really made of come regular season when the games really count. And I bring that up simply because I'm old enough to remember Tim Duncan's Summer League uh, debut, and mm-hmm. it was horrible, yeah. horrendous. Big country Brian Reeves made him look like a, like a scrub on the court. But <laughs> you took that with a grain of salt, and mm. now he's in the Hall of Fame. So, and I think that's the kind of the most reasonable approach tonight is for Wimbayama, the fan base, the NBA, everybody tuning in. Now, look, I, I don't think he's going to wet the bed. I hope he doesn't wet the bed, mm-hmm. but I just hope that he comes out and is respectable. I want him to do the one thing that I know he can do immediately, and that's defend. So, yay, Victor, do that. But offensively, I want to see exactly where he's at on the NBA stage, at least for the Summer League purposes. One of the cons coming into his, uh, the draft. Was that he's he's a decent passer out of the post, but kind of sort of kind of telegraphs a lot. Had a lot of picks uh, from the ball, well, shooting the ball out from the from the post. So I want to see that. I want to see how he meshes with his teammates. I want to see how his teammates mesh with him. Yeah, because he's gonna be playing with a lot of these kids uh, when the ball goes up for real in the regular season. Your Malachi Brandon's, your Blake Wesley's. I'm pretty sure Julian Champagne has got himself a spot after what he did in the Sacramento games. So I definitely want to see that moving forward. Also too, another thing I'm looking out for is this, how he's going to react to that target painted on his back. Mm. I think the target in the summer league game is going to be big, but it's going to be magnified a hundred times in the regular season. Now bring that up is because if Peter Bukowski wants an NBA contract and he's on a fringe, it went on drafter. What I'm trying way to, to dunk try on Wemby. You're going to want to dunk on women. You're going to want to cross them up and drop them. You're going to want to back them up in the post and show out. So, you know, that's coming tonight. You know, that's coming. These guys are going to want to go at him. So how he's going to adjust to that, how he's going to uh, play under the spotlight. So this little nugget was dropped my way uh, via secondary ticket um, uh, provider. Um get some of this info like hey you know you know some information about wimby's uh, game day one and everybody knows sell sellout the nba announced it there's no shocker there but what was interesting is how big this game is is that according to their data as far as ticket sales the the average um uh, fan uh well, let me rephrase that the the fan that's coming in to watch his game on average they're driving in from 700 miles out just wow. to watch this game so yeah, the spotlight is going to be huge. I never thought I'd be doing a Locked On NBA or Locked On podcast with you about a summer league game, but here we are
1: because it's Victor. <laughs> Stay up to date on the San Antonio Spurs by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Spurs on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, there's a new women's basketball league in the works. New York Liberty forward Brianna Stewart and Minnesota Lynx forward Nafisa Collier told ESPN they are founding a new women's basketball league to give the top WNBA players another option for playing domestically in the offseason once the league's new prioritization rules go into full effect next season. Lockdown Women's Basketball hosts
0: Howard Magdalen and Alex Simon detail the new league. There's certainly so much fascinating about this, Howard, and in part because we know very specific things and we don't know so much. And what is, can I just ask you, like, what's the number one thing that you don't know that you'd like to know about this right now? Where the money's coming from. Yeah. That's uh, a good one for me. Yeah. I mean, to some extent, it's the only thing that still matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brianna Stewart and Nafisa Collier are the two players who are said to be specifically backing this thing. Mm-hmm. Collier's partner, Alex Bazel, is also supposed to be. Deeply involved, Stuart, in talking to ESPN's Ramona Shelburne, who broke the news on this and has a full story with quotes from Stuart, with quotes from Collier, also quotes from Chelsea Gray, who has at least expressed publicly to Shelburne interest in this. Mm-hmm. Make sure if you haven't seen the news to go check out what Ramona did. It's very interesting. But the quotes within there kind of make you get the sense that, like, they don't have any cash behind them at this moment. And it, To me, it almost is a little terrifying in the idea that the cart is severely ahead of the horse here.
1: It is a shame that for years, WNBA players, the best players in the world, had to go overseas to make enough money to come back and play basketball here. It is a shame that they had to subject Their bodies to an extra season. Think of how many ladies' careers could have been extended if they didn't have to have essentially a second season. I hope for that reason that this works, but only to a point that it works so that women's basketball in the United States expands to the point that the WNBA can just be the thing. That is the goal, not to have another league that blows up. That being said, if this league does blow up, if it does work, and I understand the questions about it working, there's always been this burbling about the men's game. And if the CBA negotiations went south, could LeBron and company just take their ball and go elsewhere? Could they just say, look, we don't need Governors, we don't need people who run the team taking half of the revenue. We're the ones that make the revenue. We could do this ourselves. It's just something I thought about when I saw this story. That yes, there have been some financial struggles in the WNBA. It has been great that they have built to this point. But if this works, maybe it is the start of a player-driven league that allows. These women to keep more of their money, the money that they make, and finally empower these athletes to fully maximize their earning potential in what we know is an incredibly small window. And finally, Victor Wimbenyama's bodyguard need to put some respect on Britney Spears' name. Spears filed a police report claiming she was struck by a security guard while trying to get the attention of Wenbanyama. Spears said she just simply tapped him on the shoulder and that his security backhanded her in the face without looking back in front of a crowd, nearly knocking her down and causing her glasses to fall off her face. Simple rules, don't hit people for no reason. Just like relax, it's gonna be okay, I promise. Don't do that. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up Monday, which Major League Baseball team is in the best spot heading into the All-Star break? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.